Hi, my name is Jeremy Hicks. I'm one of the content creators here at the U.S. Institute Against Human Trafficking and Kids Not For Sale. Today we begin a two-part series with both pastor, author, and speaker Francis Chan and our founder and president Kevin Malone. These two have both been in the fight against human trafficking for quite a long time. And in this particular episode, they actually reunited to record a new video study series that we're putting out called Advocate. It's something very exciting, something we're looking very forward to where we basically put together content that educates the church on human trafficking and how the church can actually help prevent it. If you wanna know more information about that, you can go to usiaht.org advocate. In today's episode, we're gonna hear from Francis Chan about how he first learned about human trafficking, how he and Kevin took a trip to Thailand together, and how they both have been fighting in the trenches and finding purpose and fighting human trafficking together. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode. So Francis, I was thinking about, so mm -hmm. years ago when I was attending church at Cornerstone, you were the pastor and you were one of the first people, probably the very first, that I ever heard talk about human trafficking and and you kind of was making the church there aware of of trafficking. Where did you first come across it? How did you become aware of it and and why did it kind of impact you that made you want to really get involved and educate others about the about this evil? Yeah, I was um speaking at a conference and then we just had a dinner with some of the other speakers, so I asked the guy next to me, and I'm like, what do you do? And he says, I fight human trafficking. I'm like, what, what does that mean? I'd never heard the term before. I didn't understand what it meant, and when he explained it, I, I seriously cried myself to sleep that night. Um, probably like a couple of hours of just crying, because I just, you know, I've got five daughters. Back then, I don't know how many I had, maybe a couple of them. Um, but, uh, <clears throat> you know, and two boys. So I'm, I'm just imagining, like, what would I do if someone took one of my daughters? Mm -hmm. You know? And just started playing that in my mind and then feeling like God's impressing on me, like, I want you to treat all these girls like your daughters and so it's just like this heavy weight and burden and I remember just imagining if my daughter was taken what what would my next sermon look like mm -hmm. you, you know like would I get up and say okay today we're in second Timothy 2 you know I I I just I, you know how we just yeah, yeah. imagine scenes yeah. like you know so I just picture like Wow, I think I would just throw the pulpit and yeah. swear and say, what, what in the world are we doing? Do, yeah. You guys got resources. You guys have ability. You find my daughter. You, you figure it out. Well, yeah. why do you think it impacted you that way? Because there's thousands and tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands yeah. of pastors and followers of Christ that hear the same thing. Mm -hmm. Why did it impact you and affect you that way yeah. and, and not others. I, I, I'm always intrigued and wondering yeah. why does it, like it, it hit me the same way. Yeah. Uh, I only had one daughter and one son and since I've been in this fight, my focus 
for the last few years has really been on Traffic Boys. Mm. We opened up the first and only Traffic Boys Safe Home in America located in Florida. And I wasn't aware that boys, little boys were being trafficked until I went to the Super Bowl in Phoenix the last time, about five or six years ago. And there I came across little boys that were being sold as, as, as sex slaves. And I'd never really thought about boys, but back to the original question, yeah. when I heard about it from you, I think the very first time, and then God started showing me it in different ways, making me more aware of it. But why say like for you and for me and maybe a, a few others, not enough, yeah. does it really grab our heart and our soul and create this kind of fighting spirit? Why, why do you think that's like that? Well, first I wanna say, you know, I mean, that's a gift, honestly, right? Um, that's the grace of God. So I don't ever want to be like, oh, wow, look right. at me. I care. You don't. Right. You know, the only reason why I care is God's given me this gift, uh, a blessing mm. to feel mm. um, for them. Sometimes and, it don't feel like a blessing. Though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, but I know you, what you mean. You know, what else am I going to, you know, what do I want to do with my life? Right. The fact that I care if I see someone starving, the fact that I care when, you know, someone is kidnapped. and and But, but it's, it's that, and it's also you know, the willingness to like dwell on it for a bit yeah. and actually think about it and and imagine scenes playing out. And I think that's a big part of it. Yeah. What you mentioned is I think if it's no matter who it is, when they first hear about it, most people immediately will block it out. They won't really think about yeah. it. They won't take it to heart. They'll just because it, it's like a deer in the headlights, it goes right over their head because it's so evil, <laughs> it's so perverse. And like you did, which I think I try to do when I'm explaining it to men, just what you said, what would you do if it was yeah. your daughter? Yeah. What would you do if it was your son? And I think that changes, making it personal, because some people can, block, if it's not your own son or daughter, your yeah. own grandson or granddaughter, most people have this way of blocking out that compassion, that that empathy, that 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 those feelings of, of of I got to do something. So well, and and the other thing I would say is nowadays things are a lot different than it was 20 years ago, where you'd hear something and you'd actually think about it for a while. Nowadays you think about it and then you just flip to something else. Right. I mean, our attention span. Yeah, you know, that, that's why they say, like, we don't even have memories anymore because, you know, if you have a memory, you just dwell on one thing for a long time. Right. We don't dwell on anything. And so it could be that people see the atrocity of it, but then they jump on Netflix and now I'm watching Baby Yoda or whatever. And it's like, I totally forgot. As a man of God, a follower of Jesus, as your Lord and Savior, what, what, encouragement would you give to me to stay in this fight? I've been in it now for many years and I've seen evil up close and dealt with the consequences of this perverseness, this evil, this darkness. And sometimes I get discouraged because oftentimes, and again, it's not a pat on the back, it's I feel like I'm the Lone Ranger. Mm. I feel like I can't get and I've always been a yeah. team builder from my baseball days, and that was one of my fortes was building teams yeah. to be successful. But it feels like it's so hard to get people 
united and, and, and working together to, to fight this. And I, I'm not asking people to do everything just in your particular area of life. Maybe it's call your congressman or write a letter or volunteer uh, or, or pray or write a check, but get, do just a little bit to make a difference. But one, I'd like to know how, what encouragement would you have for me? Because sometimes I feel like I've had enough. I have to stay in the word, stay in prayer and humble myself before the Lord. But for me, one, to encourage me to continue to go, but two, to encourage people that might hear this, this conversation. Yeah. How did, how, what would you say to them to get them in, in this fight? I mean, a passage that comes to mind is in Ezekiel 9, when God is saying he's going to destroy Jerusalem, kill everyone. Um, but before he sends out those angels to destroy, he says, first put a mark on the foreheads of the people who grieve over the abominations that are done in this land. In other words, God's looking for the people who are the ones that are just so bugged by the things that I hate. Put a mark on them. And then just, you leave those people alone. And then everyone else, start killing them. Old men, young men. And he says, start in the sanctuary. Start with the elders. I was like, wow. Like, like this is what marked them. They were broken over the things that grieve the heart of God. And so when God sees one of his children that he created and what, what they, they ought to be, how they ought to view God and how they ought to view uh, a man, uh, you know, that, that he created, it's like, wow, I want to feel the same thing that God does. Mm. And so it's not about success all the time. That's, that's a hard thing being in America <laughs> because, you know, you look at the prophets and everyone else, they didn't have a very high success rate, but God was so pleased because their hearts were grieved over the things that grieved him. And I that I needed yeah, to hear that. Because I'm being in the sports world, yeah. I'm always looking at averages, success, yeah. KPIs, yeah. all the measurements, the metrics yeah. of what is success. But I, I fail sometimes, oftentimes, most of the time, of really thinking about what you just said is that it must please God that that yeah. and I, I receive that I need that because I don't often think that God is pleased because this is breaking me this is crushing mm. me mm. this this battle because I see all these boys and girls like they're my own even though they're not I feel this 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 empathy this this concern and nobody seems to care because a lot of them are minority kids. Yeah. A lot of them are African-American or Hispanic, mm-hmm. a, a large part of those that are being trafficked mm-hmm. in our major cities. And I can't get anybody, you know, to mm-hmm. listen, to hear. Yeah. And it's like, and then I do mm-hmm. find my refuge in the Lord. I do find my, I go to him. And, and, and sometimes, as you mentioned, I do cry out mm-hmm. and cry physical tears because mm. I'm broken over this and I don't see the mm. results. Yeah. So I yeah. appreciate you saying that was, that's a really good word for me. Yeah. Well, Francis, I was thinking back about when we first met, I had brought my family and yes. some relatives to an Easter Sunday service at Moore Park at the football field. And actually that day, one of my nephews 
and my son Sean went down and uh, made a profession of faith. But then I reached out to you yeah. uh, after that service and said, hey, I was at the service. Uh, I'd love to meet you. Want to grab lunch sometime or, do, or play golf or something? And you accepted and uh, the rest has been history. So, yeah. uh, but that, so that was around that time. And then 09 was a real blessing that we went on that mission trip yeah. to, to Chiang Mai, Thailand. And the gal that I'd met from your church, Lana, Lana yeah. who had really started yeah. Zoe, but had start, then yeah. started another ministry. Yeah. We went to an area, like a slum area, and there were people living like in this like, oh, yeah. area. And it was like, we were talking, and I remember saying, you know, yes. the poverty is one thing, and that breaks my heart, our hearts, but it's the fact that they have no purpose. They don't really know yeah. their purpose in life, and they were mm. like wasting their life. No, you know what I remember about that talk we had when we were at that kind of slum area? Because we had just gone to some weird thing where they had trained elephants. Remember, I'm like, they train an elephant how to paint. And he did better than we would have done. Yeah. Then he was throwing darts, and we're like, Oh my gosh, like the, the amount of effort they put into training this animal, yeah. and here's all these human beings sitting here yeah. with no vision, no dreams, no nothing. Yeah. But meanwhile, we're, we're training our elephants and not valuing these people. You know, uh, seeking the Lord wholeheartedly and really pursuing God is, is a lot of people think there's no joy, there's no fun, there's no... There's no satisfaction, it's all rules and regulations, mm. but I can honestly say, and I know you can too, and I'd like you to elaborate a little bit on this, that being in the presence of God and, and seeking Him and, 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 and really truly humbling yourself before the Lord and, and wanting to please Him from that kind of mindset and that heartfelt uh, humility, I think God blesses us with these fun times oh of gosh. joyful times yeah. and seeing things that maybe people don't see and, <clears throat> and, and experiencing things in a different way. It's not always about what the world says is fun and great. And, yeah. and it's just this, this, this communion, this, this yeah. what, well, well, how's I don't know, for, you? for example, I don't know if you've been back to Lana's place, no. uh, no. But it's like a different world now, like all these homes for the kids. You know, I went back a couple years later and, um, you know, built like a playground for the kids. Me and a friend of mine, zipline, everything. Just so fun, you know. Yeah. And, and, uh, and with my kids, they're playing with the kids. Like people don't understand like the joy of, wow, these kids were sold. These kids were orphans. These kids... Uh, just felt hopeless, lost. And now to see them laugh mm. and do something that enables them to get jobs. Yeah. Um, gosh, you know, in, in Ethiopia, I recently got to do a wedding mm. of a girl that we got out of prostitution mm. and, and is now a hairdresser and, and to walk her up the aisle <clears throat> you know, as like, here's this woman who was just used and abused and, and now to see her handed off to a Christian man who was going to love her mm. and protect her 
And to give someone a future like that or to play any part of it, big or small, I mean, for me on that one, it's just a few bucks here or there, but it's just like, wow, what, like, what excites you? Yeah. I mean, if that doesn't excite you to watch her walk up an aisle, then, I, I, I mean, think about a kid who's repeatedly abused and now you somehow help intervene and now you're there at her wedding day. It, most people never experience that. Right, right. Or, or a kid that's, you know, got a day left to live because of starvation and you somehow nurse them back to life and, and to see them running around. And the Bible says that God is a father to the fatherless. Yeah. And so whenever we can take that on, it's very natural for us. Yeah. Um, that, that's why in First uh, John three sixteen, he just says, you know, if, if you see your brother in need and you have the means to help and you do nothing, he says, how could the love of Christ be in you? Mm. Like, like this is his very DNA. Like you understand what he did in rescuing you. And so because he's in you now, now you naturally want to do that. It's a desire. Yes. It's not a guilt thing. It's not, yeah. it's just, well, what else am I going to do with my right. life? It's, yeah, it's like, because I think about if I wasn't doing what I'm doing now, fighting human trafficking, really focused on fighting child sex trafficking, mm. what would, I can't think of what my purpose would be mm -hmm. other than revealing the Father, Abba, and, and, and pointing people to Jesus, which I do. The Really the reason I think that I, a lot of the main reason I do this is that I can point people to Jesus. That if it's a trafficker, if it's a buyer of sex, if it's a victim uh, or survivor now, that I can somehow, Lord willing, show them the love of God through Jesus and why. Because when we had the boys on Francis, a lot of time the boys would say, why, why do you do this? Why are you helping me? I've known people that say they're Christians and people from churches and mm -hmm. they, they said I was evil or bad because mm -hmm. uh, maybe I like other boys mm -hmm. or I don't really understand my sexuality. Mm -hmm. and, and you're supposed to, you're not supposed to love me and care about me and want to help me because I've dealt with people like you before that say they're Christians and say they're mm -hmm. church people and they condemn me and they judge me and why do you guys do that? Mm. And we would just say, we're just going to love on you like Jesus loved on you. We're not going to sit in judgment of you. We're going to just sh try to reveal the Father to you and, and just show you what real love is. Just provide you a safe place, a place where you can get the help, the services you need, uh, and really just let you become who God's called you to be and kind of hopefully, Lord willing, put you on the right path yeah. that you can kind of start to figure this out. And we had 34 boys go through our Traffic Boys Safe Home in, in Florida, and many of them came to know the Lord or, yeah. or at least acknowledged a, some sort of relationship. And we now get letters or get phone calls that, hey, I know I was unlovable then, I was angry, I was violent, but what you guys did for me really showed me a difference than men paying to have sex with me or to abuse me or exploit me. You showed me what real men hmm. looked like and yeah. acted like. So 
You know, I, I've, got to, I've got to think about some of those things that I hear that, that are encouraging to me because in this fight every day, it's, it's so dark and it's so challenging. Yeah. And we know it's spiritual warfare. Yeah. Why don't you, if you would, talk a little bit about the spiritual warfare mm -hmm. aspects of, of this fight. Yeah. And you have already, but maybe. Yeah. Well, the problem is, and a lot of people don't recognize the spiritual side of this, but, you know, like in Ephesians 2, it says that we were dead. Everyone was dead in their trespasses and sins, and they would follow the course of the world, follow the prince of the power of the air. So it's just saying, you're just following what everyone else does. You're actually following Satan, the prince of the power of the air. And you're just carrying out the desires of the body and the mind. And for that reason, you were by nature children of wrath. But God, being rich in mercy, you know, because of the great love with which he loved us, he made us alive. So, so the idea is there's a spiritual force of Satan then it's demonic. It's, it's people just think, oh, let me just carry out what I want to carry out. Whatever my body feels like doing, whatever my mind feels like dwelling on, it's like we all naturally go that direction. If it feels good, I'm going to do it. And you have no right to tell me it's wrong. And so that's where all, that, that's, that's the core of the satanic Bible, do as thou wilt you know, whatever you want to do. So that's, that's the world. That's, you know, and, and you know, that's the slogan for Vegas, right? You know, whatever you do, just, just do it yeah. and just let it stay here. And, yeah. and it's, it's great. Um, and so we're, we're forgetting that this world we live in is about this battle. Ooh. And there's this wide road where everyone starts off doing what they want to do. Um, but then God gets a hold of some of us and he actually changes our nature. Um, so now we're not like these zombies, like, oh, this feels good, let me go do this. You know, and, yeah. and this is pleasure, but actually changes our nature to where now we naturally take on his characteristics. So now I'm no longer a predator of these women, but I'm actually a protector yeah. because that's what God is. And so now I'm not going to look at her as just this object to, to gratify me, but actually someone I want to rescue and protect mm. from this evil, you know, uh, just wave that's, that's coming upon these people. And, and again, that's the thing is, yes, it's work, but it's also like the most natural work to do yeah. because now our nature has changed yeah. you know like the bible talks about in second peter 2 about how the pig you know you wash him off he's going to run back to the mud and because his nature never changed mm. and that happens too much we spray people off in church and they just go right back to their garbage mm -hmm. because god's seed his spirit never truly entered into them to change them to where now they're a slave to what's right you know, and the Bible says because God's seed is in us, we just naturally start hating sin. We we're like we're we're not the pig anymore. Once our feet get dirty, we're like, I don't like the feel of this mud like I used to. I mean, it was tempting because my old me was coming back, and it's like, and it feels familiar, kind of good, but it's also like gross to us now, and we got to get out. And yet, at the same time, when we're out doing the things God wants us to do. It's like, wow, this feels great. 
Why? Because I'm doing what God would do. Amen. You know, his DNA is coming. I mean, I, I think about um, my daughter, my second daughter, Mercy, which it's a great name, isn't it? Yes, Mercy. Right. You should name your granddaughter that if you had any power to do that. When she was born, there was this moment where I was a little bit like, whoa, she looks a lot like me. <laughs> You know, that's kind of scary. It was. It actually, it actually was. Your wife, Lisa, is beautiful. Yes, I and I know. still don't know how I know. you got her to say yes. But go ahead. I'm now, sorry. As a man, I'm extremely handsome, but I was by whose standards? <laughs> I, my mom. Oh, she, okay. Well, she loved you. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Anyways, uh, no. The, the idea was when she would get older, when she was like four or five years old, people would look at her and still go, "Whoa, you look." just like your dad and she would just cry i, I mean seriously like just crying because she's looking at me like i look like that you know i mean honestly it brought her you know and i'd hold her i'm like honey i'm so sorry but i remember like all those times where she'd be crying and i'm like honey i'm sorry you know but they don't mean you look like a man you don't you know it's just but but that's 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 a picture I think of when I read about in in First John about God's seed abiding in us. Mm -hmm. Like I can't help it. Now I'm naturally going to be more and more like Jesus. Um, it's in my DNA now. He abides in me. That's the idea of the Spirit being in you. Mm -hmm. Is you start taking on His characteristics. So now you start hating the things He hates. Mm -hmm and you start pursuing the things that he loves. And it's not like you even try, no. right? You, you just know, sometimes read. I get mad at myself yeah. because I am doing, being obedient or doing what God wants me to do. Sometimes I say, I, don't, I mean, I, you know, I'm yeah, just yeah, being yeah. honest with you. I yeah. just, sometimes I say, God, I'm tired of trying to be nice to people. I'm yeah. tired of trying to do all these. I'm tired yeah. of, but that's just my fleshly yeah. sinful self coming But out. the moment you start going the other direction, I can't, I can't. You can't. I can't. Yeah, it's, it would make it's you miserable. Boring. Yeah. And that's why it's hard when you think, gosh, how could people stay in the lifestyle they're living, not do anything about some of these mm -hmm. things that are going on in the world, not have that heart for it. And, um, and you do have to wonder, you know, is the spirit really in you? Thank you for spending time with us today. In our next episode, we're going to continue this conversation as they actually talk more about how the church can do a better job at finding human trafficking and the struggles that come with it. Now, if you're thinking to yourself after this episode that you wanna do a better job at fighting human trafficking in our nation, we actually have some action steps for you. Go to usiaht.org abolitionist. From there, subscribe to our newsletter. We will be sending you actionable steps that you can do to get plugged into your local community to do a better job at preventing sex trafficking and doing a better job at doing victim care for those who have been trafficked. The more abolitionists we receive, the more action steps we are taking to end this heinous crime, and we can fight together to end human trafficking in America. You can also check out some more of our content by following our social media pages or making sure to subscribe to our podcast, the Trafficking Free America podcast. Thank you so much for spending some time with us today, and we look forward to seeing you again.